This is Drive Time Prop, 30 minutes jam-packed with the news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. The top story today is the continuing saga, the continuing rollout of the agendas surrounding the El Paso and Dayton shootings. Broad, big headline on the Wall Street Journal today, FBI examines shooters' motives amid wider alarm over ideology. This could not be more in keeping with what they had already planned to roll out right now. Earlier in the year, they started to shift their focus to domestic terrorism. And just last week, I got numerous tweets to look at the news that they just put out a new study. Uh, The FBI put out, it was just released, although the date is May 30th, 2019. The title of this 15-page memo, partly redacted, is Anti-Government, Identity-Based, and Fringe Political Conspiracy Theories Very Likely Motivate Some Domestic Extremists to Commit Criminal, Sometimes Violent Activity. So that's the headline. And when you that's read a mouthful that, right there. It, it really is. I'll say it again. Anti-government, identity-based, and fringe political conspiracy theories very likely motivate some domestic extremists to commit criminal, sometimes violent activity. And if you read through this memo, it reads a lot like 14 intelligence agencies point to Russia as interfering in the 2016 elections. Yeah. There's a lot of high confidence and a lot of references to evidence that doesn't even seem like real evidence. The incidents they cite, I have questions about top to bottom. They talk about QAnon and Pizzagate, which for a long time, I have very good listeners, people who I respect, people who respect me, who are absolutely convinced that that stuff is uh, just the tip of the iceberg, and maybe it is, but that does not mean that it is not there as uh, playing into this dialectic. And I've seen it unfold over the years. The fact that this stuff made such mainstream media so fast when uh, more obvious psyops and false flags are totally suppressed all the time, that's the kind of thing that throws up a red flag. And now a a lot of incidents like those are being used here to point to conspiracy theories as leading to domestic terrorism, but the overall agenda is conspiracy theory, anti-government, identity-based, racial, domestic terrorism. And this, they're actually reclassifying Gilroy, for example, a couple of weeks ago as a, as domestic terrorism as part of this movement. In the article about the Gilroy shooting, it talks about how he had identified, had basically a hit list. And that is one of the hot buttons for the FBI, like to classify as domestic terrorism. Yeah. Is if they have a hit list, if it's like uh, the hit list pertains to a group or politics. So I went back and we can talk about this on the propaganda report, which will be released Thursday morning. I went back and looked at the Cass Sunstein study on conspiracy theories and how to address those. And this document kind of relies on that kind of language. They define conspiracy theories and both documents also point out that a lot of conspiracy theories 
are true <laughs> because there is corruption, there is racketeering. Yeah, there I'd say are so. Powerful people who abuse their power in secret, and the problem is that those stories feed conspiranoia or what they are now calling conspiracism. Conspiracism. That's a new buzzword for this. It, it appears to be that it is now an ism. It has become an ism. That's unbelievable. It has become an ism. I'm seeing people all over Facebook, all over social media. They are just regurgitating these talking points that we're seeing, like kind of like that, these identity politics talking points, and they're mind-controlled. One of the CIA manuals I read, it talks about in order to inoculate people from that outside opinion so that you harden them, you crystallize that opinion that you program into their head, you provide them with six or seven justifications to any explanation that they might get that might undermine that strong belief. And I'm hearing people uh, doing interviews. I'm seeing my friends post stuff on Facebook. It's all the exact same cycle of like six or seven talking points just like this deception manual describes. It's unbelievable. And it's kind of funny because in the conspiracy theory document by Sunstein, maybe the FBI, I think, touches on it also. But in the document by Sunstein, it talks about how they are only getting a limited number of sources repeating the same information. And that's <laughs> yeah. what feeds into conspiracy theories. And that if that is your circumstance, then it's justifiable conspiracy theory. Even if it's wrong, it's justifiable because you're in a vacuum. And that yeah. happens when you're in a society that doesn't have civil rights, whatever. But I want to talk about the propaganda report. I want to keep talking about what was um, in the news today, the top stories in the news this does continue to be a major story. And, okay, so there's a few things that are unfolding from this, this story. There is the governor of Ohio is pushing numerous, it says a dozen proposals. I guess Ohio was a place where they had tried and failed to get more restrictive gun laws, and they, but now – they are being urged by the legislature to act swiftly. Of course, that's what these things do. They get you – it's Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste. And by that, he meant get people to do things they would not otherwise have done. Whereas if you look at Thomas Jefferson and recall what he said, he wanted to have uh, Congress – require that Congress sit on any proposed – any bill, sit on the language unchanged for one year before the vote. So that you wouldn't have black swan laws, so that you wouldn't have this emotional reaction to an event that doesn't necessarily go to a need for a change in fundamental law. So some of the things that they're pushing are mental health at school, of course, uh, a reporting hotline, of course. I have to get I'll, I'll give a little bit about that in a second. Court ordered disarmament, of course, which is like red flag laws, involuntary incarceration. Now, uh, the Ohio Department of Public Safety is also he's pushing that they are uh, they monitor social media, which the FBI says repeatedly, repeatedly that they are not permitted to do that. They're not permitted to monitor people exercising their First Amendment rights. They're only allowed to do that if there's a reason to do it. Now, I do argue that the Bill of Rights and the Constitution is meant to define and constrain, in reverse order, not respectively, uh, the federal government. So I actually, in my heart of hearts, don't think that states are bound by the First Amendment because it actually says expressly in the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law. 
but uh, it, it is a violation of, uh, if I lived in Ohio, I wouldn't want that. Yeah. It's a fundamental issue with, I think, with the with the law. They should not be doing that. But that's what he's saying he's going to do. Okay. And so I wanted to highlight this idea of the reporting hotline, especially in Ohio. The articles about the, the Dayton guy are that he made a lot of jokes. He was described as troubled, but sometimes a magnetic person. And yeah. and what they're saying is that he gave up all these red flags, that joking can be a red flag and you should report it. Wow. So you know how humor, they really try to defang humor. Humor humor brings us together. You You can speak to that and they're trying to get rid of it. That's crazy, and they have started – I mean they've been doing this for a little while. They've been removing certain Twitter accounts that are clearly satire. My friend made a video where he literally dresses up like a woman, and he does a Donald Trump impersonation, but he's dressed as like a character from Game of Thrones. It's clearly not a political statement or ad, but Facebook would not let him run any ads on it because it said it's too political. So they're already starting that. They started down wow. that line. Now they're like making it official. Well, they are definitely uh, encouraging it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Well, I mean, Jigsaw. I knew this stuck in my mind for a reason. Jigsaw is working on sarcasm in comments. I yeah. mean, why are they? Right. Is Alphabet putting their number one dude on the job of detect? I, I know it. I believe it's to inform AI, but. Maybe, you know, the thing about humor in, in that it will really keep us from connecting with each other on a human level, it also keeps us from, it also allows us to identify something that isn't human or even someone who isn't in your culture. I mean, it is so hard to have a laugh with somebody from a very different culture. Yeah. Because what's what's the absolute norm for them? I mean, that's all humor is, is the deviation from what's expected. Right. And you don't know what they're expecting. Yeah, yeah. It, you have you don't have the same cultural background, the same shared knowledge, then you, you're not going to understand whatever the whatever's being joked about. You talked about thought control yesterday. This is all about controlling thoughts and projecting intent when you want to project intent. So, the more they're allowed to do this, then they can project whatever intent they want on whatever someone says. So if they just don't like you, like the whole thing about Trump. Is I was watching a video yesterday where people were – they were doing the thing where you go interview somebody and you read a quote, but you read somebody else's quote and you pretend it's Trump's quote. You know what I mean? No. It's like a man on the street, and then the people just oh, automatically yeah, yeah, yeah. start reciting to say, yeah, he's such a racist. He does yeah, this, that. Yeah, that sounds like Hitler. Yeah, and then the person's like – Bill Clinton. Yeah, like it, Obama or Bill Clinton said that, and then immediately the people just go, oh my gosh, and the girl that was asking – said does is that quote still racist now or or is it not and they'll go oh no because he's been fighting for for people for families just repeating talking points from tv for his whole life he's been fighting for families and trump his whole life so they just shift it's shifting definitions and people can say the exact same thing but if they've been painted as a racist or painted as evil then that evil intent will be projected onto them every single time it, it's unbelievable yeah, it's, it reminds me of that wine thing I've talked about where if you if you know sommeliers, like they do know wine. It's not wine is not like a figment of your imagination. But if you show them the wine, if they if you have if you show them the wrong label for the wine they're tasting, they they believe the label over their own senses. 
So you yeah. can give them rot gut and they will say, oh, this tastes of licorice and rosebuds or whatever the label had them know because they're so well educated what it was supposed to taste like. They completely overrode their own sensory experience because of their preconception about the label that was put on it. I think that goes directly to what you're talking about. Absolutely. Our brains are programmed to think and anticipate certain things. Just like we salivate when we start thinking about food, we start tasting it already. If that label is put on there, then those those things in our brain are already triggered, and we start tasting it, we start smelling it, and we're more likely to, if somebody tells us something else, we're more likely to believe that. And you're right. Same thing goes. If you paint somebody as a racist and everything they do is racist, then it doesn't matter what they do. You already yeah. decided. All right. So uh, I have another item, which is I, I it immediately like three people said the same thing. And I was like, hmm. my mother said to me the other day, this white supremacy thing, people know it's not true. It's not true. People aren't like that. So I, I'm thinking, you know, I've known a lot of racists. I mean, you hear it like I actually, you know, I think it's changed a lot in my lifetime for the better, which makes me happy. Then like a Stone Mountain thing happened a couple of years ago around the Charlottesville time. And I yeah. and I looked into it and I was like, that guy's full of it. This isn't real. And then I had somebody call saying, yeah, that guy, I know white supremacist. And that guy doesn't sound at all like what those people talk about. So yeah. I believe that there is white supremacy stuff for sure. I mean, for sure. Now, I also believe that it is promoted by the FBI or certainly infiltrated by it to the point where it probably dominates it. Oklahoma City, the KKK in the early yeah. 20th century was immediately infiltrated and dominated by uh, government agents who like that kind of conflict. So when my mother said that to me, I, I was surprised that she said it because I don't say that. I... I know a lot of things are put up jobs, but I, I think there's definitely, you know, people are vulnerable to that kind of feeling. There is, I believe that that kind of stuff arises. If you feel you are treated unjustly, they're like, oh, white men being robbed of white privilege. I don't, I don't really think that's what it is. I think it's, it, it is intentionally uh, promoted, but like, like everybody who called, being against reparations, even the chick who was trolling me on the website saying your reparations show is an insult, agreed with all of the callers who were black and against reparations because they said it's just trying to get people to resent us. Yeah, you mean, the, like, you mean the fake black callers that she accused us of hiring? Yeah, she said that we hired those people. And that's call. the type of stuff that happens when, when they're given information that's contrary to that program belief. It's like crazy stuff like that that comes out. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, so the so this so I believe that that stuff is fomented. I believe that it's part of the larger design. But to have my mother say that she didn't believe it, I was like, hmm, that's interesting that she would say that. Then today I heard Rush say, citing Tucker Carlson from yeah, last night, I saw that. saying they both said uh, white supremacy is practically non-existent. Now, this to me. To say that is provocative, and to me, this folds into the one side or, or the counterbalance dialectic, whatever you want to call it, of the FBI memo that says conspiracy theories are dangerous because they make one group hate another group or they, they deflect the true causes of something away from the true causes. 
I just have a feeling that Tucker Carlson and Rush are, as they've done before, playing into a certain level of conspiracism that is playing out right now. So as usual, they feed the dialectic. But I just find that particular claim to be interesting because my mother seems to be in lockstep, although she doesn't listen to them anymore. But she uh, she seems to have her finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist or whatever. Mixed metaphors. Yeah, I heard – I saw that last night, and it was definitely intentionally provocative. I – don't necessarily disagree with some of the points he made. I do think there's racist. I, I know. I've, I mean, like you said, there's a difference in when, when somebody's racist, you know, they're racist. It's not usually. I mean, I'm sure some people might hide it, but. Well, the real to- the racism that you hear much more commonly, although I really never hear it anymore. And I, I actually attributed it just to like the circles I travel in that. I just don't know what it's like when, um, uh, you know, in other neighborhoods or regions or um, social interactions, whatever. But it's what it usually is, is just generalizing about the other groups, about the qualities of the other group that you either don't understand or don't approve of. That's really, in my mind, what how racism manifests itself almost entirely. It's that stereotyping, it's prejudice, it's expecting someone to behave a certain way. Um, because of how they look or what group you think they belong to and criticizing it because it's not your way, even if your ways are worse, which they, is what I think it is. Them most thinking of the time. They're, it's a they're thinking they're inherently better than them. They're, they're inherently better because I don't, of their... I, But I think it's a very thinly veiled, which is why a lot of times I think it comes with less education, less self-confidence, less self-esteem, less yeah. money, that it's, it's actually thinly veiled defense mechanism for hoping yeah. that there's somebody in society that's inherently trashier than you, that you couldn't possibly be the trashiest because here's a whole group of people like the way India has, has the outcasts, you know, the, the untouchables, like you, you just can't be that low unless you're like born as it. Yeah. And they project anything they don't like about another person that they think is dumb or that they, they, they blame the race instead of other facts, instead of maybe that person's just a, a loser they say it's because of a ra- – that's – but there's not – racism is not like running rampant around this country. What was, was trying to say earlier, like I went to college in a really southern like redneck town, and there's not – like if there's going to be racist in places, it's going to be like you know Milledgeville, Georgia, places like that where I went to school. And when people say like really racist stuff or act racist, like really act racist, other people don't tolerate it. You don't want to be around people yeah. like that. No, I think like, it's, it's it's on the way out, and that's why they're doubling down on it, just like the abortion heartbeat thing. They're doubling down on this stuff to make it an issue. I've got lots more um, headlines, though, so let's keep going unless you have one. Oh, I got a couple, but you go ahead. Well, let's just get rid of this issue, this topic, and then we'll do some rapid-fire headlines. All right. Okay. So uh, two big th- – one is <laughs> – one little thing and one really, really big thing, which is I think is the pervasive idea of the day. Uh, the that Trump, This is the little one. I got a tweet, I believe, from uh, Ken saying Trump was on Pierce Morgan in London just as GOA, Gun Owners of America, is fighting uh, for a very um, controversial or divisive case in the Supreme Court and Trump on Pierce Morgan – I believe took the other side, took Piers Morgan's side. And Ken was like, is this a coincidence or what? 
And I immediately remembered that uh, the thing that basically got Piers Morgan run out of the U.S., out of Atlanta, I think, was he had an on-air thing with Alex Jones and Larry Pratt, who was the head of the GOA, right after Sandy Hook. And Larry Jones jumped around like an idiot and did the cause a disservice, in my opinion. And that's when I knew he was, well, I, I, I think he's, uh, it, you know, not what he says he is and not what he's portrayed to be. But Pratt made Morgan look like an idiot. And so there's a, a, a direct even if it's a vendetta or whatever, like there's some problem. It's no coincidence to me that Trump took Morgan's side just when the Pratts were fighting this fight uh, about guns here and now. But the big, big thing that I think is going on in the news today is Rush and Fox both said uh, that, you know, I heard other people on Fox, but I also heard Rush say that the Democrats should just take, I'm paraphrasing, take Trump's olive branch. Uh, Trump is willing to do so much. He really wants to put in some gun laws, put in mental health laws. He wants to do so much. He's only happy when he's making a deal. The Democrats should stop abusing him. They're just so into abusing him that they won't pick up this olive branch. He's ready to compromise. What idiots they are. Come on. This, to me, is framing... See. It's framing capitulation as victory. So, so to compromise yeah. something that's unconstitutional, the Constitution is the compromise. We give a tremendous amount of power to this overarching uh, territorial monopoly on the use of force. And in return, or as a protection against this, we demand certain protections against it in the Bill of Rights and, and through the express limitations of the government's power. So when we when Trump is there to compromise on that compromise, it's capitulation. You can't move that line. <clears throat> You're not supposed to move that line. And we should be talking about that. Instead, they're framing it that if only the Democrats will meet Trump at this place in their territory, we can call that a victory. It's a head game. It's a head fake. And and it's happening. Trump is definitely not not saying, hey, let's investigate uh, you know, the guy in El Paso, the family said, we do not know the people who radicalized our son. It says Patrick's actions were apparently influenced and informed by people we do not know. So and then it says, and from ideas and beliefs, we do not accept or condone. But people we do not know, that sounds like people, actual people, which absolutely parallels the way Napolitano and the New York Times described the many, many, the majority of the terrorists, terrorist attacks that were FBI sting operations where somebody finds somebody vulnerable, swoops in and messes with them. So then they do this thing that the FBI is supposed to stop them from doing at the last minute, but they don't always like World Trade Center 93 and possibly OKC. So uh, so my point is that Trump could be saying, hey, let's find out what's really happening here. And not, you're right, we need to make massive policy changes from changing the culture to red flag laws to incarcerating people involuntarily to the death penalty to pulling back on guns. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just pivot to them. They, ne- they never the actually thing. identify the true problem, and but they just offer these solutions, which don't speak to what the true problem is because they haven't actually investigated what the true problem is. And you right. can't and have solutions to problem. something that you don't – that you're just you're, – you're just 
guessing or making something up about what the cause is. The cause is racism. I'm not even saying that. I'm not even saying he those the policy recommendations That's that they saying, want are wrong, but not because they don't work, because they're illegal, unconstitutional, fundamentally yeah. flawed. And it's my position that anytime you have a problem that appears not to fit into the fundamental legal architecture, as Michael Chertoff would say, yeah. I say go back. And look at the event and see what fundamental legal principles were violated in the first place. It's just like when people tell you that yeah. hard time sleep on a sleeping pill. I'm like, you know what? Cut out the alcohol and the caffeine first. Right. There's other things you can do. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. See yeah. what you're doing to cause the problem. Okay. So we yeah. have only two minutes left already. So let's go to – I have some- a couple headlines that, that speak yeah. to yeah. One, one is uh, Trump greeted by protest in Dayton. Protesters are flooding the streets with signs like Trump's presence only worsens our trauma. And this just goes back to he's a racist and nothing he can do is not racist. I, I would like to ask people, what could he possibly do? What what could anybody do to, to make you say that they're not racist? And I honestly believe that the way the media has propagated – these talking points that people said, I think their answer would be there's nothing he can do. He was born that way, and there's nothing that can change it. Well, that reminds me of, did you see the headline I tweeted to you, this insane Huffington Post article? It is such a long propaganda piece about it is time for me to cut my in-law, my Trump-loving in-laws off from my children. That's crazy. I went back and read the thing. Because I expect it. It all goes to this idea that Trump is not just being painted as a Nazi for 2020. He is becoming the new face of villainous racism. You know, he's the, the 21st century. Hitler. Yeah, he's going to be the new Hitler for the 20, 21st century to go back and always look like never again type stuff. Yeah. So I expected by the end of this article for it to say, like, wouldn't you – do the same if you were in 1933 Germany. There, it's just a really radical thing. I tweeted it at my. Wait, what did it say about? It didn't would say do? that, but I felt like it was going to say that. Like the parallels, page after page. It was such a long article, just talking about how the parents are becoming just such complete racists, and and the kids are so vulnerable to it, and and their position, like for for this chick. Uh, she feels a sense of responsibility to completely cut her kids off from any exposure to these people who are clearly and violently on the wrong side of history. And she does draw parallels with the past. She needs psychological help. Well, I mean, I think she's an agent of propaganda, but she's she's using yeah. her position and her identity to make it look like we all have this moral obligation to stamp out Nazism, which happens to be <laughs> – a byproduct of a flawed democracy, which is what Hitler was, by the way. And that is such a – people – everyone thinks that they would be the one to stand up to the Nazis in Germany when they're not really understanding the group psychology of how all of that worked. All or, of these people – Or what the the fundamental principles that are violated, that's what you need to keep your eye on. Don't yeah. allow the group think to take take – you away on its wave. Stop. Think about the principles. Look back at the Robert E. Lee statue. Look at Hitler and see what in those two situations in slavery and the Holocaust, like look at it and say, uh, you know, can you hold them responsible for thinking they are wrong 
in their time. And yes, you can, because that you have to step back and look at your fundamental principles and not let anybody violate it, no matter what color t-shirt they're wearing. And they are subjecting themselves to group think, and they're not doing that now. The very people that are calling everything racist because they hear it on TV and because they're being driven by hate and they're not sticking to those principles would be the Nazis in Nazi Germany. They yeah. would be the Nazis. Yes, of course. Uh, did you see that Gannett headquarters in Virginia was in the news today? Is that the one that had the shooting or I, they thought there was a shooting? An armed man outside the USA Today headquarters. I just thought you would find that amusing because yeah. didn't you do a little investigation on Gannett's yes. new orders? They are Dude, part of the Google News Initiative, just like I anticipated. Which is what? What Can you give us a sentence on what the, the Google, Google News Initiative is? Google's effort, worldwide effort to control the news nationally and locally is essentially what it is. They're in on it. So, uh, oh, by the way, the stock market continues to go absolutely crazy. The bond market reflects fears of recession. And I just have to give Dean his props once again for tweeting last week <laughs> at the Minsky moment and the day after Trump got elected that he was going to have to preside over the great correction. I, I hope it's not true, but when I read these headlines, I can't help but think of Dean. And I think that about wraps it up or – yeah, unless you got you got any other headlines you want to get out there? Um, I just wonder why Afghanistan is back in the news. Twelve uh, soldiers died, U.S. soldiers died there this year so far. And the California law uh, that requires tax returns to get on the primary ballot. Trump oh, yeah. is supposedly uh, bristling at that, but he's not going to take California, right? So yeah, who cares? <laughs> Anyway, who cares? That's my last word. Yeah. All right. You can find the drive time prop at thepropreport.com at 4 p.m. every weekday or on your favorite podcasting listing platform. We'll talk to you all later.